0: Food allergies are a very serious and often life-threatening concern for much of the population. Food liability for restaurants and uh, any place that serves food is also a deep concern for anyone who has a commercial kitchen or anything like that. Um, there is a brand new company out that is looking to solve a bit of that problem and provide people with a healthy and nutritious option for those who have are food-sensitive. And by food-sensitive, we mean uh, Any of the top eight food allergens, uh, which are soy, dairy, eggs, fish, shellfish, nuts, tree nuts, and wheat. Uh, Carefree Cuisine is a brand new company here in Denver that looks to kind of solve that problem and present a new option for those people who are looking for um, a different kind of way, a different kind of way to have more convenient and more... Uh, potable, ready food that you can bring to work, give to your kids, uh, something that for you know, you're know you on the go and you don't want to have to s- spend time together assembling something, uh, Carefree Cuisine really is a place that uh, is for you. They are at carefreecuisine.com, and they have a physical location at 3615 West Bowles Avenue, Unit 1. Uh, it's in Littleton. Uh, they have a new selection of, it's called Carefree Harvest, which is both uh, low-fat and low-calorie. Um, varieties such as farmer's chili, um, good morning Crip chickpea scramble, vibrance bowl, uh, very veggie rice, and Asian noodle bowl. Uh, really, it's just one of those places in Denver that's a great idea. It's a great, you know, kind of it's something that now in two thousand, you know, twenty, we are able to look at and say, why didn't someone have an idea like this before? Uh, once again, they are at carefreecuisine.com. Uh, you can email them at info at carefreecuisine.com, and when you do, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Um, today we are going to talk about something I, I, I probably did about three podcasts on earlier in the year, and I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but I, I feel like history is somehow repeating itself. Um, we've played two games since the all-star break and Michael Porter jr. has played a grand total of, I believe 17 minutes in both of those games. Uh, and it would have been less if he had not got in at garbage time at the end of the nuggets victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's two factors at play here that I kind of want to go over one MPJ working his way back from some injuries and he has some, it looks to me like he's hesitating a bit. Um, there's not the, it, he's kind of going through the, I'm coming off of injury um, hesitation, particularly when it comes to his legs. Uh, I get that. Um, a lot of players go through that, and he is no exception to that rule. Um, he It's not the lack of explosiveness, it's the lack of, I don't want to step on someone and twist my ankle again. Um, that is very real, and it sometimes happens, and he's going to have to get over that because it's really affecting the way he plays. He hasn't played well in the first two games by any stretch, Um, and it just, you know, when he plays off ball, he just kind of is not a factor uh, in the offense, and he really was kind of doing a, a really good job of playing within whatever he could on the offense. Now, here's something that I will point out that uh, I think people miss when they talk about him not performing in uh, in the flow of an offense. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. probably needs the ball in his hands a little more, and he's going to need to have the freedom to create for himself. Um, the Nuggets do tend to get a little rigid, and quite frankly, if you're running in a second unit that has tons of offensive deficiencies, you're going to need him to create for himself, which he is fully capable of doing. Um, and I think we kind of get caught up on ball movement, but you know, ball popping, blah, 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 all that stuff that's cropped up in the last two years. Um, when in reality, one of the Nuggets' big problems is that they don't have a guy who can break someone down one-on-one and uh, get his buckets. Um, you know, Will Barton to a small extent, but not nearly like what Michael Porter Jr. is. And quite honestly, the Nuggets' second unit suffers from the lack of Lack of get bucketing, and a lot of it is they just kind of are rigid. They are very rigid. They have Monte Morris run the run the, uh, b- the offense, and then they have Mason Plumlee uh, do dribble handoffs, and you know maybe some give and go. But that's basically it. That's the sum total of their second unit offense, and it sucks. And one of the reasons it succeeded when all the injuries happened is because it was a lot more free, a lot more loose, and the Nuggets were able to play. With some gusto, some speed, and uh, in their second unit, and they just have not been doing that since the the break. Uh, maybe some of it is incorporating the injured players. I get it, I really do uh, incorporating injured players back into a lineup is is hard, and Michael Malone struggled. he proved that he struggled with this earlier in the season, and some of what the the trades were supposed to do was save Michael Malone from himself on these things. Um, Every coach, and I pointed this out, every coach has a crutch. Every coach has a guy, they have a trust, I shouldn't call him a crutch, crutch, but a trust guy. And uh, Michael Malone's trust guy is Torrey Craig. He defaults to Torrey Craig at all times. And I think part of his crutch here is he defaults to defense. And sometimes that overrides any good sense of offensive flow. Um, some of the lineups the Nuggets have been putting out there have featured C- Torrey Craig, um, Jeremy Grant, and Mason Plumlee. Uh, and quite frankly, that is not going to be something that is going to work. Um, I don't believe that is something that we should be looking at, thinking we should follow that much, um, primarily because it is just such an offensive minus. Um, and unless that Unit is playing at a breakneck speed, which we know all know Michael Malone really hates. Then it's just not not going to work. Um, they need to avoid lineup combinations like that at all cost. Um, one of the things is, and one of the interesting things is, that, and what I could think would benefit Michael Porter Jr. is maybe play maybe Paul Millsap with a second unit more. He seemed to be thriving on that when he came back before the break, and I think, I think. If you're going to start Paul Millsap, just start him and bring him off the bench early, play him with the second unit a lot. Um kind of bring Jeremy Grant in more with the first unit and I think that will probably a good be a good combination that they could do because they need a different thing here. Um it is just kind of it's not terminal, it's just a lot matter of figuring things out. And and Malone tends to be his own worst enemy. And it kind of, you can see him, you can see him retreating to the safety of his crutches during the first two games after the break. You can just feel it happening. And I don't, I think that does a disservice to um, what Michael Porter Jr. is able to do. Now, let's let's be quite honest with you here. Michael Porter Jr. is his own worst enemy at times. And, you know, if you play like absolute garbage you don't really give someone a reason to put you out there. At the same time, it's kind of a double standard. Um, Gary Harris has, until the last game, has been absolutely wretched, absolutely wretched offensively for a long time. Now, he played, performs defensively, which is great. But there were times offensively where the Nuggets could not score, and Gary Harris was just dragging everyone down with him. And you can't get away with that. And there's this kind of this, obviously, since... Michael Porter Jr is in his second year he's technically a rookie his rope is not as long but you got to understand you know people make mistakes and sometimes Gary Harris is like sucking the offense down and when he's out there in combo with uh, Torrey Craig it becomes uh, it becomes different the team struggles to score and it's weird considering the Nuggets scored a ton of points in the last game but they're doing it against a Minnesota team that uh, is extremely <laughs> decimated with injuries, and uh, is really playing Malik Beasley and Wancho horn Gomez so much that they're they're looking like stars. Okay, there is there's a bit, vast difference, there. but I'm not going to bag on Michael Malone for this whole thing because a lot of this has to do with where the Nuggets were left after the trade deadline and how the Nuggets kind of have got them stuck in this real desperate need to have Michael Porter Jr. turn out to be something. And there is a bit of acknowledgement, and I think people are slowly coming around to this, that this ain't going to be that free agent destination, even with the, if the Nuggets are going to be winning a lot. And you got to have these players, and Michael Porter Jr., We forget about this. By this point, next year, next year, he's going to be entering into his third season. He missed his entire first one. You need these players like that to hit before they hit a major free agency period. The clock is ticking. And you need to be able to balance the need for a player to emerge with, I guess your own philosophy, I guess, I, the way to put it. Um, and this is where Malone probably enters into his biggest dilemma, is having the, the ability to balance these things, and you know he struggles with it. He eventually gets there, but sometimes you have to be forced. Sometimes you have to be pushed there. And he was pushed there um, in, what, December, basically, uh, by starting to play Michael Porter Jr., uh, consistent minutes, Uh, And then he was forced by a lot to give him more minutes because of the injuries in January. Um, Once Michael Porter Jr. got injured at the end of January in the Utah game, um, the Nuggets were still able to win, but you missed Porter's dynicism. You missed his ability to be that guy. And... Michael Malone's struggle will be to how to incorporate it without destro- completely destroying Michael, uh, Michael Porter Jr.'s confidence. Being able to understand that Michael Porter Jr. is not playing well, the MPJ that we saw three weeks ago is not the same MPJ because he missed three weeks, and he's going to need to work himself back in, and also the fact that you need to win these games going down the stretch, and you can't sacrifice wins for development. I I don't envy this task. It's going to be hard. Um, I tend to err on the side of you got to put them out there regardless. I look at this dif- this year differently than everyone else does. I don't look at this particular year as a year the Nuggets are going to go to the finals. They may, hey, they may surprise me. Um I think this is a steps here as I said on the last um podcast. This is this is a year of steps. And sometimes people just keep you will have to inevitably butt their heads against something and in this this year you kind of have to take the in my view take the take the, the acknowledgement that this team will only get to where they eventually want to be if michael porter jr m p j gets to where everyone thinks he can be, and I don't think that they can do that without him playing. They they just have to play him. I just in my view, there's just no way you can bury him. If you bury him on the bench, you, you are essentially running back last year's team without Wancho and Beasley in the playoffs. And counting on one more year of experience being more, I don't think it works that way, particularly since this conference is better this year than it was last year. Uh, I don't I don't think that flies, um, and I think it's imperative on the Nuggets to develop Michael Porter Jr. to the point where he can get minutes. Hey, he may even get into the playoffs and suck, right? In fact, I would probably expect that to happen, but it's about getting to that next step. And I think there is a battle between arrested development, arresting your development, and pushing forward. Um. And arresting your development can come when you're trying to win. And I think the Nuggets can win, can thread that needle by giving Porter consistent minutes while acknowledging that they need to win. There's a way you can do it. Him being out there is not going to mean you're losing a game. Okay, There's a lot of talent on this team. But him being out there and getting better can only help your team. I don't see necessarily the downside that others will. You have to have him out there. You have to get him to a point where he can be an influential player in the playoffs and more. Because he's the type of player, and everyone acknowledges this, he's the type of player with the type of talent that can really lift a team to better heights than they thought they even could get to. And I think that's where I think most people acknowledge Porter to be. Before I continue with the rest of the podcast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake & Z in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, right in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field. If you like wine, if you like going to a place that serves wine, serves great wine, but actually does it in a great atmosphere, Blanchard Family Wines is the place for you. They've been open since late 2018, uh, right there in the middle of the dairy block, and uh, it's one of the more vibrant parts of town, and it's it's one of if not my favorite place to just go either meet with friends or just go out and chill and enjoy a nice glass of wine uh they have an incredibly uh knowledgeable and diverse wait staff that will really kind of walk you through what you need to know about each wine um quite frankly it is like not only great wine but it's a just a, a wonderful wonderful vibe that I think everyone who goes in will enjoy, say, like you're out downtown once, you're, you're in lower downtown, you go to one of the fine eating establishments there, say you're at the milk market, well, you get done, you're not done with your evening, we'll hop down the alleyway and go to Blanchard Family Wines, have yourself a glass of wine, enjoy some great time with friends, they got Pinot, they got Cab. Um, they got a whole bunch of different varietals. They got a new uh, season variety coming out that I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited to ch- to taste. It's just, it's a great place to be. you are on Facebook and in- Instagram under Your Family Wines. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Right in the middle of the dairy block, just a couple blocks away from Coorsfield. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSU Podcast sent you there. As we go to what is going to be the conclusion of the season, the Nuggets have 25 games left, and I cannot believe it, 25 games are left in this season. It's absolutely stunning to me that we're at this point in the year, and obviously it's pedaled to the metal time. And I've been pointing out earlier, it's just this, this team is at one of those nexuses where they have to develop and at the same time win. Let me explain something I said earlier. I'm not as concerned about the end result this year. Um, I think this, where the Nuggets are right now, is at a very, very good team. And in order to be a great team, either one, either either they need to swing it for a big trade, or two, Michael Porter Jr. needs to turn into the the guy that we all hope he is. And the first step of that is getting him consistent minutes. Um, I think we all understand that eight minutes and seven minutes or nine minutes is just not going to cut it. Um, he needs to play through his mistakes. He needs to be able to do it, obviously, within reason and not hurting the team. But this is where we are because we saw his ascendancy happening in December and January. He hurts his ankle. Um, Obviously, there was that old saying by Dan Reeves, you can't make the club in the tub. Well, you can't go very far without your star. And one of the stars out there is turning out to be and could very well be Michael Porter Jr. And I think balancing it and finding that balance will be... I will give Michael Malone a ton of credit if he's able to thread this needle and still maintain winning. Now, they get to the playoffs, anything can happen my view is that if the nuggets are running it essentially boop, 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 running it back uh they're going to run up and against the same problem that they had did before yeah continuity's fine but everyone i think acknowledges that they are deficient in size uh, particularly at the two guard and where will barton's playing at the wing uh michael Porter junior is 6 foot 10 and has enormous arm length And um, getting him to the point where he can help you probably will get you there. Um, It may not be this season, but it sure as hell could be next season. And I think now is where it starts to get that progression going. And to get it to the point where people can look at it and say, all right, the Nuggets are that team, and maybe we underestimated them like people in the national media tend to. Maybe we underestimated them. It starts now. And we shall see where Michael Malone is able to thread this needle. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I think he can do it. Uh, It takes him a while. Uh, He has to butt his head up against a wall several times, but he eventually gets there. And I'm thinking he will this time, too. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. I will be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.